is going on everybody hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of making lemonade the podcast where we talk about how we take the lemons that life gives us and all of the different flavors of lemonade that we as creatives and as people make throughout our lives yeah that's it boy this is the last episode of the year ladies and gentlemen i'm taking a couple weeks off i'm sorry to break your hearts but i have to take a couple weeks off i have a family i have a christmas to celebrate i have my uh you can see my this dorky batman with sam batman and robin with santa hat on but boy am i excited for christmas fuck i love christmas <laughs> i have my christmas lights on in the back here if you're watching on youtube you can see these pretty lights there is lights on that are the the, the christmas lights that make me happy <laughs> i got the christmas lights on everybody in the studio is happy everything i'm about to do a tidy up you can see it's a little bit of a mess behind me here but that's okay i'm gonna do I got the Boba Fett helmet out the back there that I'm going to put, put together a Boba Fett and Mandalorian um, singamajiggy, what do you call it? Display. That's what I'm looking for. Put together a display. And yeah, other than that, guys, I am so G'd for Christmas, baby. I've got one more week in the year left, and then it's Christmas and New Year's and all that dope shit. And I can start to wrap things up, get everything going, get this party started. Woo! Let's do it. Santa Claus is coming, baby. And it is my daughter's second Christmas. And I'm so, so fucking excited because she is only 15 months old. Last year, she was around for Christmas. But all she did was just sit there. She was kind of confused. She was just happy to play with some toys and shit. This time around, she understands kind of who Santa is. She can say Santa. She says, Santa. Santa, she knows what a Santa hat is, she knows what a fucking Christmas tree is, bruh, this is so exciting, you know what, honestly, guys, Christmas got so, so stale for me, um, I got bored of it a couple years back, because it was just the same old shit, it was just getting boring, it was the same old shit, getting some presents, you, some socks and stuff like that, and just going and having a meal with fam, like, Spending time with family that I only see over Christmas. It was getting stale. Like, it's just getting... I don't want to get into it. But it was getting real boring and stale, baby. And then I had a baby. And then it got exciting. Oh, it got exciting. Last year, I got engaged over Christmas. On Christmas Day, I asked my, my beautiful Jennifer to marry me. And she said yes. She had no idea. She didn't see it coming. I got engaged. Yeah, dear boy. Uh, two years ago, I found out two days before Christmas that, uh, three days before Christmas, that we were having a baby, a beautiful little girl. Um, so Christmas is, is getting exciting, guys. And now this year, my little girl is gonna gonna have so much fun. She is going to get presents galore. She's gonna see family galore. She is gonna see all the people. Santa Claus is coming to town we got all the christmas decorations up we got our lights on out there i got my lights on in here there's lights up here that you can't see because the camera can't see you um ladies and gentlemen it is fucking exciting it is christmas time bitches <laughs> um yeah i'm so excited so welcome to the christmas special we have a wonderful guest today but we'll get to that let me just uh tell you about my week so this week's been a bit of an interesting week here you go here's a here's a christmas thing that thing the red ranger he's red i suppose close enough hello power ranger um 
I'm just gonna let him fucking sit here if he'll sit. Is he gonna stay there? Yeah, he is. Get it, boy. That's a Red Ranger, baby. I gotta get me some of those Christmas pop vinyls and uh, Star Wars ones where, like, Chewbacca's got a Santa hat on and shit like that. Stay. There we go. Um, ah, fuck. Stay. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, so this week's been an interesting week. I've been wrapping shit up. I've been doing a custom commission. I uh, finished it this morning, actually. I finished. I finished. So I'm on top of shit. Um, I'm finishing up my Mando Sona, baby. So stay tuned on my Instagram for that. Um, I don't know why I keep doing these these gangster hands, these stupid fucking hands. I don't know. I'm just excited about Christmas. Um, I finished up my Mando Sona, so stay tuned to my Instagram for that. You guys can see that on my on my Instagram along with the rest of the Lost Boys. We released some Star Boys, some Star Boys pins, ladies and gentlemen. The Star Wars pins are now officially live. They've been alive since Saturday. If you want to get those bad boys, get them now. We will get them to you before Christmas. Just get them bad boys now. This will be releasing. Uh, it's probably Tuesday or Wednesday that this is out now, but get them now. Get get onto them, guys, because they are going fast. They're selling like hotcakes. I think we sold like maybe a hundred of them in the first day. So get the fuck onto them. We've also got a giveaway. Get on my Instagram, um, follow me, go and tag two friends and tell us where you'd wear those uh, pins, and then go on to all the rest of the Lost Boys Cam, Matt. Uh, uh, Keith, Zach, uh, Rui, um, who else is in there? Kieran, we've all posted on our, on there the giveaways, uh, the giveaway, and you can find it on at the Lost Boys Collective as well. Um, you can find all of that shit on there, and uh, just going going into the giveaway. The more entries you put in, the more likely you are to win a whole set, a whole set of the Star Boys. And guess what? It's valued at two hundred and ten. Sorry, that's the wrong. $120. That's a big, big giveaway that we want to give you guys. One of you lucky supporters of the Lost Boys Collective, a Star Wars pin as a thank you and a Merry Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this week's been a bit bit shifty though as well. There was one bad thing that happened. I had to restore my iPad because it got stuck on the Apple logo um, on Saturday and I didn't back up any of my programs. Yeah, look, I was amidst um, archiving my life, my digital life, and yeah, that happened. But luckily, I do have PDS and I've bounced out the file, all my drawings in some form. I just don't have the working files, which is frustrating, but it happens and it's not the first time it's happened to me. And it probably won't be the last time it's happened to me, but now what I do is I make sure to pack everything up. I got some more space on my iCloud. I got some more space on, um, I got a hard drive that I back it up to. Just back. Guys, use me as a cautionary tale and back yo shit up. <laughs> back it up. Um, other than that, I've been having fun on TikTok. There's, I'm just doing so much Star Wars content right now on TikTok and Instagram. Everything I've been doing is Star Wars because Rise of Skywalker is coming out. I probably will do a quick review. Um, that's probably the last piece of content I'll release towards the end of the year. Once I watch Star Wars on Thursday, I'll come in here on Thursday um, night or Friday or probably Saturday actually. 
um, do a quick Star Wars review, let you guys know how I think, what I think of it, um, sit down, have a chat, chuck that shit on YouTube and IGTV and all that kind of stuff, so stay tuned for that. Um, other than that, guys, that's been my week. It's fucking Christmas. Like I said last last week, um, I th- want to thank you guys so much. It's been a wonderful year. Stay tuned to my Instagram. You can have a look at all the cool shit I've done this year. I'm going to do wrap-ups and Happy New Year's and Decade wrap-ups. And I'm going to do some, like, look what I did in 2009 compared to 2019. All that kind of cool stuff. Um, but, yeah, guys, seriously... Thank you so much for your support. I cannot believe how many people have been listening to this podcast. I hope you guys like this video vlog thing at the start. I like doing it. It's fun. It gives you guys a bit of an understanding of who I am. And it gives you guys the week. Oh, look at that. Oh, is that a, is that a Nina cup? Who drew that? Oh, oh look at that. Oh. Shameless plug for mugs. If you guys want mugs of my drawings, let me know. Anyway, guys. Oh, also quickly, Xmas sale. I think it was in the sponsors. At the, it'll be in the sponsors next as well. Uh, go to my website, the Lemonade Stand dot store, um, and if you want to save ten percent off on your Christmas gifts, uh, just use the code Xmas ten X M A S ten at checkout, and you will get ten percent off. All right, guys. Go and get some pins. Uh, and this week we have Rui. Rui's back. It's another episode of the creative process, ladies and gentlemen. It's the final one of the year, and I think it's number three or maybe number four. Anyway, we talk about some cool shit in this. Um, we really got into a question that Zach asked us about um, artist block, and and it really flows over from last year. So artist block is the spot to be. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about our inspirations, how we keep away from artist block and how we deal with artist block. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I have to say for you. Merry Christmas. Enjoy this week's episode and I will see you next decade in 20 fucking 20. Let's do this. I will see you next year, ladies and gentlemen. Have a wonderful Christmas. Have a happy new year. I love you all so much from the bottom of my heart. Merry Christmas. May the force be with you. Enjoy Star Wars. Enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy New Year's. Enjoy The Mandalorian. Enjoy everything that's coming out now. Um, and have go, go and just spend time with your family. Hug someone you haven't hugged in a while. Hug a stranger. I don't care. Do it. It's Christmas. Let's do it. But ladies and gentlemen, I love you so much. Thank you so much for supporting me this year. I have had a, like the best year career-wise I've ever had before. It has been fucking phenomenal. I love you guys. Oh my God, I love you so much. Um, and I cannot thank you enough for supporting me this year. Uh, with the Spider-Man pins, with the posters. This has been a massive year. We rebranded to the Lemonade Stand. We did so much this year. So thank you guys so much. I will see you in 2020. Enjoy the episode. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, stay weird. This is the way. So, um, what were you saying? Well, I was saying that I want to set up uh, like a system, not a system, but like a work balance where 
I'm still getting a similar amount of money that I'm getting now, but I'm working less hours and on the, like, even if I lose about five or 10 grand a year, the mm. time off that I have, I can build up that clientele and get freelance work and pretty much work my way towards replacing my entire, like, full-time work, mm. part-time work with freelance or even just working twice a week as like my normal job and then the the other the rest of those days just doing freelance stuff yeah 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 well that's that's kind of where i've built to now is where like i still do you know graphic design and um illustration jobs on the side and whenever i can um but yeah i deliberately kind of built myself into a casual position so that i wasn't tied down Mm. And that I can kind of, um, you know, just have a bit of, bit of freedom to just yeah do what I need to do and take time off. But yeah, that's that's the kind of way to do it. Someone actually asked me today about that, like, you know, are you full time or are you? And I just broke down kind of how how I do it and how many how important it is to have multiple streams of income when you're freelancing, and not yeah. just rely on client work or just commissions or just conventions or whatever it may be. You exactly, need to have a few, yeah. like, build some build some products and shit like that so that you can Yeah, because if one of those one of those supports come crashing down mm. and you have to sort of rebuild it at least the mm. other ones are holding up the ceiling yeah yeah 100 percent. and that's why like podcasting is important and um you know podcasting eventually if you if you if you're consistent and you take your time with it and you're patient and you kind of run the marathon it can eventually become a sponsor a stream of income whether it's yeah. on YouTube or sponsorship or whatever. and Well, I mean, uh, like, just look at, you know, like the Mumble Boys don't have sponsors yet. But, mm. I mean, I feel like we've grown so much. Yeah, you guys are doing really well. Especially since, you know, it's we're not hitting anything, any specific niches. Yeah. Just two friends talking to each other and talking mm. shit and having fun. So yeah, yeah, those numbers you guys got were pretty cool. Like, that was crazy. Yeah. I don't know where it's come from, to be honest, but I've been promoting a lot more lately, so it's been helping. And, yeah. yeah. Did you want to bring up the topic that we're Yeah. So, um, hello, everybody. (laughs) Hello. Um, As you heard in the intro, Rui is back. This Mm -hmm. is uh, actually the final podcast of the year uh, because I'm going to be taking on Taking off, taking uh, my holidays off. Uh, you know, I like to take the seasonal, well deserved under holidays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've not released. There's been a few times where I haven't released due to technical issues or whatever this year, but not intentional mm. um, releases like this this year. So it'll be for the first couple of weeks, where we'll have some time off. But um, this week we got a question from our our good friend, uh, Mr. Zach Katz, he actually asked, and I thought this is a great question to to talk about this week. He asked, um, how do you uh, work through and or avoid uh, writer's block or rather artist block? Right. So what do we do to get through artist block? So uh, do you want to, do you have any kind of thoughts on that, Rui? Um, I think people like they get the creative block in different 
ways, everyone's very like different when they get it. I feel like mm. I get it when I need a break. Yep. So they're gonna burn out. It's kind of like it's kind of like if you've gone to the gym and you're consistent with the gym and then you find yourself getting very sleepy during the day and your energy levels are super low and you know, it, it means it's your body telling you to chill out, you need a rest. Mm. Um, and I think okay. that also applies to when when I have not not when everyone else has, like everyone else is very different, but when I have like a creative block, mm. it's it kind of means that I've I've run my resources, my brain doesn't want to do it anymore. And okay. It just it just needs to like switch off. Like don't think about drawing, don't think about creating, don't think about writing. Just switch off. Mm. And you know, like switch off and recover. But obviously, you know, if there's client work that I need to mm. do, and I've I've had to do client work when I've felt like that. Yeah. And it's yep. not fun. But no, what I try to do is just <laughs> I, I pull in all the stops where I'm just like, all right, let's put on everything that like I love and inspires and makes me creative. So yeah. just like watch, put this movie on while I'm drawing. And then when I'm done with that movie, listen to this song or listen to this motivational speech that gets me or, you know, just do like a quick workout, do a couple things that like get, get heart that pumping. sort of that sort of like objective completing mind going, you know, that sort of stuff is that that always helps me when I when I'm in that sort of moment and I have can't work, but it's it's kind of rare for me to go into that moment. Mm. Cause you're, why is that? Cause you're often quite motivated. You, you're, the client work you're doing is, is like you enjoy it and you're passionate about it or? Um, that and I'm consuming, I'm, I'm opening, I've opened my, like my eyes to consuming a lot more and enjoying the little things and paying attention to the small things and just like the, I've, broaden the way that I get inspired by things. It's no longer just about like movies and artworks. It's like, yeah. people. It's talking to people. It's hearing. It's just walking outside. You know, it's a specific color hitting from a specific light. It's mm. it's everything. Like I, I, that's sort of how I stop myself from getting into creative block is to be inspired by a lot more than I normally did. And staying like consistently inspired and motivated. Yeah, it's and, like yeah. it, it's it's at first it's a bit of an effort. You, it's sort of like you being a negative person, and then you're trying to see the positives and things. It just mm. takes a bit of rewiring. But once you once you get into it, and you, it just becomes autonomous, and you just do it automatically. And yeah. Like, um, yeah, I get that. And, and on the, on the cynicism, like I get that. I used to be quite cynical and I found that 
simple things like if I'm if I'm feeling jittery and I really need to get some work done, but I just can't stay on target, and you know my ADHD is kicking in and my stress is kicking in and my internal voice is kicking in. Sometimes it's just a matter of going for a walk, going and doing a workout, just getting some energy out, like getting yeah. some of that physical energy out so that I can um, stay on target and, and stay kind of, um, yes, Surrounded. just stay motivated and, and yeah, uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but I, 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 um, I have lost my tra- train of thought. <laughs> You're talking um, about working out and getting that energy. Yeah, yeah. So, like, get rid of that internal. Yeah, yeah. Stay, yeah, that's that's probably a good word. Stay grounded and, and get rid of that um, internal voice. You know, that voice that's just always like, no, nah, you, you shit, you're not doing this right. Like, get it together. Oh, what about, oh, shit, I said that to that person today. And I said that to, like, I don't know that everybody has that, but I can have that, mm. you know, internal negativity and internal cynic that, um, just won't stop until I start moving and start getting some shit done. Yeah, but I mean, I can't, everyone has that voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In everyone one way or this. another. Yeah. Those voices, you know, I, I sometimes find if I'm feeling really so, to use the workout analogy that you used, if I'm, so right now for me, the way my schedule works is the only time I can exercise and actually get a decent workout in is first thing in the morning, just before, I had to work or before yeah. I sit down at the drawing table um, due to, you know, maybe waking up quite early and, you know, when everyone's asleep, that's when I can get my workout in. Um, and some mornings it's just so fucking hard to get out of bed. Yeah. Like it is just so, and what gets me out of bed is obviously I have to have discipline and I have to just leap out of bed, um, have my clothes ready the night before, that kind of stuff. But as well, I find um, I use those motivational videos on YouTube, all yeah. the like Joe Rogan, um, all that kind of stuff. There's this great one I always listen to called Rise and Shine. It's about three minutes long, and it's basically just like, you know, all the voices in your head are telling you unanimously to hit the snooze button, but you're not going to because, you know, you've got a day to live and you've got a life yeah. to live and you've got shit to do. So get the fuck up and, you know, Rise and Shine kind of thing. And I have must have listened to that so many times that I've internalized that thought process. And some days I don't even need it. I just think about, you know, kind of the lines in that video and it just gets me going. Mm. And I think as a creative, you know, one of the worst things we can do to ourselves is be like, okay, I'm going to draw tonight and not have anything to draw. <laughs> like, yeah. or, you know, I'm going to write tonight. And like, not really have anywhere any direction. I've changed. I've changed that that question. Like I changed it ages ago because I found that I was like, I was focusing on draw. Like what? Like I'm gonna draw. Yep. You know, and it's and then I sit down. I'm like, okay, what am I gonna draw? And I then have to be like, go through that entire thought process in my head of like what composition I want, what I want for this, what colors, what am I doing with Mm. this, what's the story behind it. So now in preparation for being like, there's a type of like, like I feel like drawing 
instead of being like, I'm going to draw tonight, being like, what do I feel like drawing tonight? Ah, okay, yeah. So I'm tapping into that, you know, indulging myself. Like, it sounds like I'm treating myself. So it yeah. tricks. Not really tricks, because I really do enjoy it. But I, in my head, I register it as a reward. Yeah. You know, when you're like, what am I going to make for dinner tonight? You know? Uh, what do I feel like for dinner tonight? What do I yeah. feel like? Yeah, what do I feel like? Dinner? Like, it's just the same thing. It's like if you feel like splurging yourself, you're like, oh, I might draw a bit of Star Wars, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I find, I found, I, I, I definitely feel that. I actually kind of internalized that and, and learned that about myself creatively through Inktober mm. because there was, you know, there was prompts that, and what really helps me with client work is, you know, I love doing work for other people, but at the end of the day, it's always, it's still work for other people. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not work for me. And um, I learned over in Tobar, the best thing to do is like, okay, how can I make this interesting for myself? How can I challenge myself with this commission within the bounds of the commission, but also push myself further, push my style, push my um, you know, the poses and the whatever it is mm. to really give this client something that you haven't given another client before, you know, yeah. like I'm working on this commission right now, which is, you know, it's fairly simple. It was draw, draw me and my brother as a Jedi, as Jedi. And I want this color lightsaber. He wants that color light. Okay, sweet. How can I turn this into a dynamic piece how can I make it look interesting, feel interesting, and, you know, still be a personalized piece, but also just make them look cool? <laughs> like, yeah. how do you, like, and then I start looking into how people draw Jedi and how people have, you know, posed as Jedi and cosplay. And then I was like, okay, that's cool. Where can I push that beyond? How can I make this look superhero-y? Like, how can I make it look like look like Jedi posed with their lightsabers, but also give it a bit of that, you know, superhero swagger that I, that we love and that comic book feel because Jedi poses can be quite stagnant. Like a mm. lot of the, po you, you look up like Anakin Skywalker, Luke, they're pretty stagnant when they're holding their lightsabers. So how can yeah. I make, but at the end of the day, Jedi, they're superheroes. Like they have superpowers. So I was like, how can I, how can I push this? How can I push this so that it, Feels like a superhero drawing, but looks like Jedi. And I think I achieved it. I'm really actually quite happy with it because it's the poses are very dynamic and very strong and very um, swordsmany and samurai, but they've also got, you know, a bit of force and a bit of superpowers in them. And that was, you know, that was a lot of fun. So I've kind of find, you know, I really love the construction stage because that's the thinking stage. That's the moment where I'm like, Okay, where can I go looking for inspiration mm. on this? Where can I where can I push this um, within the bounds? I, I actually personally, I don't know about yourself, but I personally find, and I've said this a million times on the podcast, but I personally find that um, limitations to my creativity, like giving myself bounds, actually gives me more freedom because I can I can build a challenge within those bounds. Right. And, and, and too much freedom, personally, can actually be quite difficult. 
Really? For me. Yeah, yeah. It's just too many options um, causes me to struggle with making a decision. Mm. So I like to, you know, sit down with a drawing and an idea. And that's why I really like the movie poster kind of style of drawing because you've got to tell a story, tell the story of the film um, in a visual stagnant way. Right. And kind of tell the moral. Like I kind of like to wait. Like I'm, I'm going to wait until after the rise of Skywalker to do my poster for it because mm-hmm. I want to know what the theme of the film is to put that kind of emotion into yeah. the film, into the poster and kind of I tell kind the of, story. I kind of like it when people put like their own stamp onto the emotion of like what they want to see in it or what they want to, like, I have an idea for a couple of like rise of rise of Skywalker artworks and mm. it's purely based off how I feel it should end or how I feel it will end. Mm. So, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind I, of a I, I what like if. Both. I like both yeah. because then I do one afterwards where I'd be like, this is what the movie is actually about and how it inspired me to do this artwork. Yeah. Like I like the, like Jackson's Jackson is really good at doing, you know, moments like yeah. those moments in a film where that just made you go, Whoa, like, yeah, those kind of, he's really good at doing that. Like, you know, obviously he did the Tony Stark and he did a lot of that for Endgame. Um, and, but personally, yeah, I, I kind of like to put the story into the drawing rather than yeah. moments like I'm, and I'm, scenes. I'm working on a drawing now. Uh, not today because I don't have my iPad, but I'm working on a on a drawing that um, is basically it's Superman with a little kid crouched behind him, and it's basically he's standing between the kid and Doomsday, and Doomsday staring back oh, at him. Oh, that's and Superman, it, bro. Yeah, and <laughs> like I really, I really I like wanted that. to do an artwork that I was like, give me the spirit of. Yeah. Superman in a drawing like it doesn't have yeah. to be like his full face his face isn't in it his back is turned to the artwork mm. yeah just, I like that just the like the point of view of it and the story behind it and the message it, it just it screams Superman something that resonates with yeah something that resonates yeah. with your audience and makes them there's something that I'm really realizing a lot lately is that if something resonates with your audience and it makes them feel those feelings they feel for that character, even if you're doing like what we do, like fan art, mm. you've got to make them feel something that they already kind of knew deep down about that character, but they couldn't put their finger on it until they saw your artwork. Yeah. And when they see it like that, that concept I can, I can already tell is exactly what Superman is. Like as soon as you said Superman standing in front of a kid, I was like, Oh, that's like, that's Superman. That's yeah, he's, like, he's, yeah, I had to really, like, not think about it. I already knew what Superman was about, but I was like, how's the, what's the best way to portray this? Yeah, that's really cool. That's awesome. And that's, it's like, um, I saw a drawing, I reposted a drawing on, uh, on uh, Twitter today. Um, Jim Lee did a drawing of, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but he did a drawing of Batman, and it's just Batman's hand in the foreground. With a with a key and a like a Batman symbol keychain on it, and in the background, 
there's a giant Christmas tree in the snow, and in front of the Christmas tree is a Batmobile with a there's like the tumbler with a giant bow on it, and then in the real real background, flying off in the sky is Santa Claus, and I was like, fuck, <laughs> like you don't even see all about, you actually just see Batman's glove with the right. king's hand. And Where's this artwork? I want to see it. And I was like, yeah, go on my Twitter. I just retweeted it. Um, and that, like, that to me was like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's like Santa gave the boy, like Bruce Wayne the boy, a present that he knew the adult Bruce Wayne would like. Like, that to me was just like pure Batman. Yeah, there was like, oh, what was the, someone turned... This really impressed me. Someone turned the, um, you know that story, the the story, the song, the Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Robin. Yeah, Batman. yeah, yeah. I they turned that, that whole thing well. into an artwork, and I was just like, Yeah, what is? I saw that yesterday as well. Yeah, I was like, That's so cool. It was really cool. When I saw it, I was like, I showed my mate at work. I was like, Look at this. He's like, What is it? I'm like, Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Robin laid an egg. And I was, like, pointing it all out to him. And he was like, what? Yeah. The Batmobile, like, he's putting the Batmobile wheel back on and the Joker's off in the distance, like, oh. And Robin's was... holding an egg, like, all confused. Yeah. <laughs> this is so good, man. Like, uh, yeah, oh. I just saw the, I just saw the Jim Lee. That's cool. It's, it's gorgeous, eh? Like, that, yeah. to me, is something I would put up on, on the wall. That's yeah. something, that just resonates Batman to me. That just resonates, like. It's like talking to the child inside Batman and at the end of the day, he's just a sad boy. Yeah, so simple. Like, it's one of those ones that makes you go, fuck, I wish I came up with that. Man, Santa Santa should have given him his parents back. (laughs) Oh, that's tough. Or just like a letter or something. But just visually, like telling a story like that is just so something I want to do with my art. Mm. It's just... It's just resonating with it and getting people to just be like. But anyway, um, do you kind of – so I want to actually talk about, I think, one, a really good thing to talk about, which I think a lot of artists probably know because it's a – if you know Jake Parker, you know the concept of the creative bank account. Um, yeah. And keeping that creative bank account full uh, by living life. Um, kind of staying inside – is is not going to help you fill your creative bank account. No. But also just creating is not going to help you fill your creative bank account. And, I mean, I've, I don't know about you, but I find myself in a consumption creation loop these days where I am trying to create more than I consume but I'm also obsessively just consuming things. And we were talking at the start of the episode how the two of us are just obsessively consuming Star Wars content right now. Yeah. I mean, um, I consume, but I'm actually on a, on a roll with, with creating right now. Mm. Like, and not, and not, not just artworks, I feel like I'm I'm getting myself into a really really good routine where I'm just constantly creating. Like I think this week I've had about four or five YouTube videos go up. 
Yeah, I've noticed that. And um, I've got more on the way, and it's it's just been it's it's been pretty easy to do. Mm. Like it's time consuming, but I've found ways to shortcut this. I've found ways to have fun with this. Like once you get into the routine of something, yeah, you then can start playing around with it. So, uh, for Christmas, Matt. Matt and I played Overcooked, which is releasing. I saw that. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> once it's releasing once a week. There's only three episodes, but it's releasing once a week. And yeah. when I got to the third episode of editing, I was like, why don't I just throw in some funny edits in the middle of it? Hmm. And so I've been playing around with that, and it's actually been a lot of fun doing that. Nice. Interesting. Because it's less time consuming for me now to edit an episode. Yeah. Two. Because I've got yeah, yeah, all yeah. these, I've got the intros. I know what they look like. I've got the, I've got the intro saved. I've got the outro saved. I know what length sort of things are. I yeah. know, sort of like how to quickly find moments to start and stop the episode. Because we don't do intros and outros. Yeah. We've. You just go straight I, into it. Yeah, I've done it with the overcooked one. So the overcooked one will have an intro and an outro mm. for each episode, but. The Batman ones are just like I have to cut it and start like end it and start it and like funny times. Yeah, but the cool kind of thing you're doing is 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 like brand consistency. Like I noticed you still play the Mumble Boys theme towards the end of or, or at the start of just like your videos, not even your actual Mumble Boys episodes, just like your videos. You'll just put that. Yeah, so I've got I've got the Mumble Boys podcast theme, mm. which um, is at the start of every podcast. Actually, not not this month. We've got a Christmas, just a Christmas thing going on at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually paid a summer twenty bucks to create a Mumble Boys Christmas thing, and it's the the oh, biggest really? memes. It's hilarious. <laughs> if you watch That's on great. YouTube, you can it. see yeah. it. It's got like, it's already out. So it's oh, really? really? Oh, yeah, I've done it for the past two episodes. Oh, um, nice. So I've got the, the Mumble Boys theme, a podcast theme on the start and the end of the podcast. Yeah. But I've got a separate one for the Mumble Boys play. Oh, yeah. So it's like a guitar riff one. But at yeah, the end of the episode, that's part of the song. Eh? That's part of the like. That's towards the end of the song or something, isn't it? No, no, no. That's a, it's a oh, completely no. different song. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's. I got someone to do like a different song for us, oh, and nice. it was a trade sort of thing. It was cool. Yeah. And um, uh, the end is still the Mumble Boys podcast theme end. Ah. Because I just, just I just, just love that ending so much because it's so iconic for us yeah. or for me. That riff, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful riff as well. Like, it's... When I heard the full um, full song of that, I was impressed by the dynamics that he, that Brendan put into that song. And oh, yeah. The, the, how the, much the, the just full song's like two minutes. Like, yeah. I, I, I was just like, dude, can you create an intro and he sends a full song and then we're, we're in awe. Like, I yeah. had such a hard time picking which parts to put into the, cause I couldn't play the full intro. People will lose interest after yeah. a while. 
Well, you could one day just like do a meme. Like, oh, I don't know if you listen to your mum's house with Tom Segura, but every so often they got an ongoing joke where he's like, their their riff is kind of like yours, like that um, guitar riff kind of thing. And it's literally a 20 second riff. And he's got this ongoing joke where um, the fans are like, yeah, we just want you to play it for seven straight minutes at the start of each episode. <laughs> just this constant meme they've got like so imagine you take your intro your outro and just play it for seven minutes just on loop <laughs> like that's basically what their joke is so you might be surprised because you guys have got a bit of you know you've got that sense of humor to your thing so who knows yeah we're idiots is what you're <laughs> well on the on the topic of kind of i think that's idiots. a good place yeah <laughs> i think that's like a good direction to go on the topic of like your youtube videos i'm quite intrigued you're you're finding ways to do very simple content but very like it's it's content nonetheless yeah and and that's not to say that it's bad content because simple content can actually sometimes come around to be like you know not to bring up tiktok again but look at look at that like it's it's such simple content yeah it's such simple easy content that you can put together and and the stuff like you know those reaction videos you're doing at, at least you're you're doing something and, and you're talking about what you love and you're passionate about it and it's it's interesting to watch like i find myself watching them all the time because it's just so simple and and i think a lot of people think that you need to create um you know everything needs to be a finished polished kind of product but not no, necessarily those <laughs> yeah so basically the thought process behind those were I want to give people a sample of the podcast ah, okay. without, without, you know, cutting up a part of the podcast and have it be completely, you know, like. Right. So it's a bit of a marketing marketing scheme um, to an extent. To, sort of. It's kind of like. I also wanted to show how, like, like I wanted to share in my passion. And I yeah, feel like, of course. I feel like joining in whenever I say I watch a movie that's, and I've always done this since I was, like, small. Say I watch a movie that I really love mm. and I know that Matt is going to love it. I mm. would take Matt to the movies and then in the moments I'd, like, look at, him to or like like turn to him to see like his reaction to it so i've always been i've always been like into uh sharing experiences yeah okay so i i always think like every every trailer reaction that i've done is a genuine like first time seeing it and right yeah i I want people to be like oh Rui's going to love this. I want to see what he thinks or how he reacts to mm. this part of the trailer. It'd be so cool. Because they're interested in you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because they're interested yeah. in in seeing someone react, in sharing an experience. That's what they're interested in. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I, I suppose think... when people ask you questions like, what do you think about this news or what do you think about that on your podcast? It's like, what, what, what does Rui and Matt think? Like, I, I'm interested in their opinion and, that's why I listen every single week because I kind of want to know yeah, what they have why, to say. Yeah, like Matt can't do the reaction videos. I'd love to do reaction yeah. videos. Yeah, one, he can't be on camera, and two, uh, he's 
he doesn't live with me, so we can't yeah like spontaneously do something. But yeah, I can't. I I can do it. So I show myself looking uh, like watching a trailer. I share mm. my thoughts quickly, and I go deeper into it into the podcast. So if you're interested in what I think of in the trailer, I go into it further in the podcast. So it's kind of like a bonus content. You don't have to consume 40 minutes of us talking to get my thoughts to get the, on yeah. the Ghostbusters trailer. You can just watch the reaction video, video and be like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, yeah. And of then course. I want people who like our banter on the on the podcast and um they want to see more of it so they get it in a more candid way while we play video games of a specific video game that they like that's another thing of sharing an experience people like we're sharing our experience with other people and they they want to see us experience what they experienced and it's kind of that um sitting down with a mate playing a video game (laughs) like and some experience. people don't get that luxury to be like have yeah. a best friend that they sit with and play video games. So we we gladly would yeah we'd gladly be that substitute. You know, yeah yeah. Just play some video games, laugh about it, comment. That's what we want. Yeah. We don't. We're not there to you know tell you shut up. You can't say this. You can't say that. It's all about mm. you know bringing interact with people. Yeah, interact. Yeah, bringing joy, sharing experiences. So, yeah, I've gone on a massive tangent. What did you ask? No, no, no. Like, so we were talking about, like, uh, coming back to the topic, but it's it's definitely um, topical stuff. We kind of get inspiration, and it's it go, this is kind of fusing into last week's episode as well, but, um, or rather the, the episode, the episode of Creative Process, the last episode we did. What's really interesting to me is like figuring out how you can take your um, bigger pieces of content and you can make smaller pieces. Yeah. Like, and probably a marketing scheme is the wrong, wrong word to use, but this is why, like you said, doing smaller content is good to get attention on, you know, your other kind of content because some people will find you, like you said, doing reaction videos. Like I'm going to start, I've just started putting, um, I don't know if you've listened to any of these episodes recently, but in the last few episodes, I started just putting like a 10-minute bit at the start of my episode where I just kind of talk about my week, mm. um, talk about what's going on and just do it's a like audio vlog. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And do a, just a 10-minute off-the-cuff kind of spiel about my life um, just to bring people a little bit closer to me. And at the same time, I can take that piece because um, – you know, IGTV at this point doesn't allow me to do bigger, longer videos. Um, I actually take, I'm going to start taking that 10 minute piece and putting it on IGTV as a bit of a same thing, like a soiree into making lemonade. Like if you're intrigued, um, here's the first 10 minutes. Here's the kind of video vlog, like you said, put Mm. that on IGTV and then there, and then, you know, at the end of it, just say full video on YouTube or, you know, listen to Making Lemonade for the rest of the episode or whatever. And yeah. Just, and that's, that's a, but that's also at the start of the podcast episode. So that's a piece of content that you can cut into, into pieces and um, reuse over and over again. And like, I suggest, I suggest you use, um, if you're going to put stuff on YouTube, I suggest you use those, put those reaction videos on IGTV, man. Like Instagram right now is, really pushing people to use it really 
Yeah, like I find I get more engagement on IGTV than I do on most things on Instagram, to be honest. Yeah, they're, well, it's, a, it's something that they're prioritizing because they put some yeah. money and time into it. So uh, they're going to prioritize the people that use it. And that's why yeah. when they put new new things on, on platforms like that, use them because they want you to use them. There's a reason they'll why push, they're there. And, they'll, they'll push you up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's why, you know, um, using live video and all that kind of stuff is important to use because um, they want you to use it. It's there for a reason. Yeah. And especially when it's brand new, um, it's a great, great platform. To, it's a great thing to use. But um, I suppose on the topic of um, kind of keeping yourself inspired, I think, yeah, kind of consume from all sorts of places. Don't don't box yourself in and and, and put yourself into a corner with your content like you were saying at the start of the episode i think um finding different places to um to read about things and and different types of content is important like one thing i'm watching right now which i fucking love and it it really does inspire me is uh life according to jeff goldblum on disney plus really i think he has. I highly recommend it. It's a new episode. He has like, such a strange mind. Yeah, there's like four or five episodes out now, and each episode is about something new and something so di- like. I think the episodes I've done so far is on ice cream. Yeah, uh, I watch tattoos, denim, um, barbecue, and I can't remember what the first episode was on. The first um, episode was ice cream, wasn't it? No, that was the second episode. The first one. So, but his the way he structures the episodes is like he goes to the furthest reaches of these niches and he finds like the denim episode he had a guy who goes through mines and finds vintage miners denim what? and sells it yeah this guy like goes into old mines and digs up pieces of de- not even denim like whole pieces of clothing like just pieces of denim that have like Levo and Strauss, Levi and Strauss Co. Cause that was the original denim makers on it. And he sells it for hundreds of thousands of dollars and that's his job. And they go into a mine in the episode, like the places he goes to, to learn barbecue. And he just covers the broadest range of these topics that he possibly can. Like the yeah. tattoo episode, tattoo episode, he went to a convention. Then he went to Hawaii to meet tattoo artists and watch some guys do like the hand tattoo. And yeah. then he went, then the next place he went was a bloody um, science lab where they've got like tattoo, like temporary tattoos that measure your sun um, exposure. And it has like, it's connected to an app. Like he just, it's phenomenal. The places he goes and his, his lust for life and, and just love of people. He's just such yeah. an interesting – not what – he meets all these different people from all different walks of life who have no – he has no business being around, but everyone he meets is just – it's such a beautiful interaction. He's just he's – like, He's like a child discovering the world yeah. every time. Yeah. Yeah, he's just got this beautiful zest for life and those kinds of I – like, I like to find those kinds of people, those inspiring kind of – 
celebrities mm. and people that, you know, and then on the other end of the spectrum, there's people like Jocko Willink, who, you know, he's kind of on. I, I listen to him just to keep myself going in the gym because he's a standard I like to kind of not live up to because that, that feels like trying to live up to Jesus or something, but, you know, strive towards. And yeah. just finding all these interesting people and interesting understandings of the world just keeps you inspired, keeps you on your toes, I think. Yeah. No, that's definitely, like, something that I've been thinking about recently is to be, like, I'm trying my best to be less critical about things and just yeah. go in and enjoy things and keep try like, things. My, my mind open, like, Mm. film comic books like just try it you know like if you don't like it then that's you don't like it but don't don't try your best to dislike it yeah and i think that's where a lot of people go wrong is they they go out of their way to dislike things there's always something to draw out of something yeah like as in like oh yeah consume like you can get inspired from you can get inspired from anything Mm, yeah definitely yeah i was listening to creative pep talk today and he was talking about how his wife um is making jewelry um and her inspiration is right now is her garden so she'll like chop open a tomato and look at the shape inside the tomato and turn that into a piece of jewelry like what an interesting way to think like Mm. i'm really i'm personally really trying to look at things differently yeah, like from a completely obscure and just not me point of view, just to it's, see if I can see things. It's so important. Yeah, so important. And yeah, I think a lot of inspiration comes externally and internally. Like I'm a huge, you know, obviously if you listen to this podcast, you'd know I'm a huge internal studier, and I like to really go inside myself and every time I do something kind of weird or that doesn't sit well with other people I I like to sit there and and I'll spend days just like studying like why do I do that why do I kind of feel that way when someone does this to me or why do I or why do they feel that way what's their personality like I love trying to figure people out (laughs) and, and figure myself out and try to yeah, just just use myself as inspiration as well and figure out why why I like people as well. Like why, like I was saying, you know, Jeff Goldblum's one of those people or those people that you are inspired by. Why are you inspired by them? What do they do that makes you want to be like them or, or like them kind of thing? It's that, yeah, it's that childlike wonder. Yeah. I have for the smallest thing. Like, oh. <laughs> I, I think he was looking at a flower. And you can just see how he was like completely like embracing it. Yeah. And it's just something that we do lose when, as we grow older, we don't look at things with passion and wonder all the time. We just accept it. Yeah. We don't go. That's just how it is. Like the the thing that like. Like the the question that we stop asking is why. That's the yeah. first question we stop asking is why. 
So yeah. every time we look at a flower, we're like, oh, that's a nice flower. But if we start going, oh, wow, look at that flower. Why is that, why is that such a nice flower? And you start thinking and actually questioning what is causing you to like the flower or causing mm. you to like the, the, the object that you're talking about. Like, what is it about it? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've found myself doing that a lot lately. And like, I found myself today, speaking of Star Wars, the last couple of days, um, I was watching the doco on, uh, like, I think it's Empire of Dr- building an empire or something like that. Um, and it's, it's about the original trilogy and it, it really goes deep into George Lucas's kind of, um, experience with making those films. And it explains a lot about the original trilogy and it explains a lot about the prequels. And then I started thinking, like, why why is it that certain Star Wars movies stri- and certain movies, full stop, strike people so hard and then they become so iconic and then others don't? Like, what is it about certain... And then I was like, okay, well, what is it about the prequels that didn't work for people? And I started pulling them apart and I kind of realised... I think the reason why the prequels didn't work was because it started off looking like the hero's journey. And that's what the sequel trilogy and the original trilogy is about. It's the hero's journey, but it didn't, but it wasn't the hero's journey because at the end of the day, Anakin's not a hero. Yeah. It was the descent. I feel like, I feel like the prequels failed because, um, and I've been thinking about this recently is because of lack of information. Yes. And I think yeah. that's like other things weren't explained. And I think that's why the first Star Wars, if people weren't so open-minded about the first Star Wars, it mm. probably would have failed in that in a time like if the first Star Wars was released in in theaters in like 2000. Mm. Yeah, no, it wouldn't have done you're, you're hearing as well. Obi Wan going, yeah, the Clone Wars and Alderaan, mm. and you're like, what the fuck? What's the, <laughs> yeah. clone, what's the, the Clone fuck Wars? What's a lightsaber? Like, it's a lightsaber, like the Force. Like, yeah. that, I, I think that's the issue with the prequels is that it doesn't, it didn't explain anything, and that's why after watching the Clone Wars, I feel like I'm gonna have a newfound appreciation for the, yeah. the prequels because it's all starting to fit together. And yeah. it's making me feel like that Lucas had a bigger plan for the prequels, yes. but just didn't get to execute it because we crucified him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think there was a story he was trying to tell in there that he wasn't himself able to tell. Like yeah. he, there's a story there about someone who was failed by a system uh, like He's the Anakin is the outlier. He's the he's the like you said. He's the one asking why yeah. in a system that doesn't want you to ask why. Exactly. And and that and, and there was too much getting bogged down in the politics of the universe and the galaxy, um, and not enough kind of getting getting into his experience and what's happening to him and you know him kind of getting pulled out of nowhere and yeah. Like, there's this whole new movement where people are like, well, yeah, the emperor was obviously the divine father of Anakin, and he figured out somehow how to inseminate 
Shmi Skywalker and and he created Anakin. But we we should have figured that out back when those movies came out. Like that should have been obvious. Yeah. But it wasn't, and it took us until now to kind of and even figure then that it's out. not it's not a hundred percent confirmed. No, it's not. It's it's just a fan theory. But there's things like that, and there's things like you know there should have been Star Wars should be obvious, but it's it, those weren't. Those ones I were think, way too. It was too Star yeah. Trekky. It was it very, felt too much like Star Trek. It was very much like politics. Like if we yeah. knew exactly what direction it was going to go, like the only thing we knew was that Anakin was going to become Darth Vader. Yeah. That's it. We didn't need all the politics. I mean, that, that's all we knew. But if we were told about a bit more about like the Clone Wars – like, if there was an actual build-up to the Clone Wars, rather than mm. that, like, now that I know what, how big the Clone Wars, like, how big the Clone Wars was, and what Obi-Wan went through, and what Anakin went through in the Clone Wars, seeing yeah. it build up in the Phantom Menace, and then Attack of the Clones, is actually pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, 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 100%. And I think... Um... It's kind of now understandable that they they couldn't they couldn't see through it because they were so distracted by trying to defend the universe for goodness sakes. Like, well, they were so distracted. No, they were. They, in all honesty, the Jedi were like distracted by their own hubris, you know. Yeah, 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 and and that's how Palpatine literally got into the like. This guy was at Qui Gon's funeral. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. But like, like that's just an that's an example of what um, opening your mind to certain things and asking why and then looking for the answers. It yeah. helps you. Like, like who would have thought? You know that I loved the prequels as a kid. And then I I disliked them heavily in my teenage years, leading up yeah. to about two two years ago. And then yeah. I started watching Clone Wars and started delving into, but like, why? Like, mm. in my head, I was like, George Lucas wasn't trying to make a bad movie. No, no one. I is. just, I, I was like, I just feel like he overplanned it, and he once again, it. yeah, went crazy on like, like there was no one telling him to slow down or to talk about more things. He just wanted to. Like create mm. the universe, so yeah, that's when you know I've I've now got this newfound appreciation for the for the prequels. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know that's Dave Filoni though. Filoni yeah. always had a wicked appreciation for the prequels, well, and I think then he also spoke to George and was like, oh yeah, yeah, what and really got deep into his yeah. What, what what was on your mind? Because if you kind of think about the prequels, you don't really learn very much about... You, you skip the whole of the Clone Wars. <laughs> like, yeah. You skip the entire, the entire thing. 10 years or whatever it is that the war happens because you need to start telling the Darth Vader story. Yeah. And the downfall of the Jedi. like And like this big thing that we were all like, oh... What's the Clone Wars from the first ever Star Wars 
we finally get to it and we get Geonosis. <laughs> a CGI scene and it's just shit. But kind of talking, that, that that's probably going to be the name of the episode is like, start asking why again. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's really the key to artist block and writer's yeah. block or creative block, whatever you want to call it. Start asking why again because, you know, I think a good a good kind of story that ended on a little um uh, little story I can tell you is an anecdote is when the Mona Lisa the Mona Lisa is a piece of art that the the world renowned knows. Now the reason why um, the Mona Lisa is so popular is it actually was um, stolen around the time of the printing press, about the, the, the couple of years that the printing press was first created, the Mona Lisa was stolen um, right. from wherever it was. And so what happened was the Mona Lisa was in every newspaper at the time. And she was on the cover of every newspaper for a solid two years until they found it. And what happened was because... The printing press was created. The um, the serendipity of it being stolen and it becoming some of the first news that they ever printed in like national newspapers all over the world, um, and and these newspapers just going out at the biggest um, amount and scale that they ever have, and the Mona Lisa was on the front of it, and that's how the Mona Lisa became cemented in the minds of history That's so and art history. Yeah. Whereas, arguably, Mona Lisa's great, but the Sistine Chapel's much better. <laughs> like, Well, yeah, I feel like the Mona Lisa was just like Da Vinci going, oh, yeah, I'll paint you. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Might have been just a hooker that he was with or something like that. Like, yeah. who knows? We don't know who the Mona Lisa is because he didn't really document it very much other than the painting. But the only reason that that's... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. At the time, no one cared, and he didn't care because... So it's the, just another painting, that's, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of why things are, are the way they are, and asking that question why is very important, and I think that's the perfect place to end it. Um, plug your stuff, Rui. Give us your... Oh, shit. All right, um, I'm on Instagram <laughs> and TikTok as Red Unit Inc., I'm doing a lot of artwork stuff. I'm working on – I've got pins for sale, some really cool pins. Yeah. And we're also working – we should probably plug the pins after we plug all that Well, this will actually be out next next week, so um, it'll the, the pins will be out by the time this is out. Oh, cool. We'll do a mad plug after I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'm on YouTube as The Mumble Boys. I've also got an Instagram called The Mumble Boys, and that's – with myself and a, my best friend, I do reaction videos on the channel, but we also play video games and host a podcast. We're also on Spotify, mm. so that's it. Very nice. And you know, you guys uh, by now probably know where to find me, but if you don't, um, please make sure to subscribe, comment, like on YouTube. Uh, give us a review on iTunes. I love reviews. I love reading them. I love listening to them. And I will read them out in the intro of the podcast if you put one on there. Um, no matter whether good or bad, I'll read it out uh, because criticism is key. Um, I'm on Instagram as Jordan Morpeth Arch. You can find out how to spell my last name 
in the album artwork. I'm also on YouTube as Jordan Morpethart. I am on TikTok as Jordan Morpethart. And I am on Twitter at Jordan Morpeth. No art, because for some reason, I can't get the art on the end of it. It won't let me. Um, where else am I? Uh, I think that's it. You're obviously listening to this on either YouTube or iTunes or Spotify, so we're on there as well. Um, and I believe that's it. Are we uh, in the Lost Boys? Yes. Oh, and of course, follow the Lost Boys Collective as well. If you're following the Lost Boys Collective, you might already know that uh, we are releasing the Star Wars Star Boys pins. Um, they are available now on everyone's. Um, a lot of people's Etsy, yeah. stores, yeah. Um, on Rui's Etsy, go to Zach Katz. That's probably the best place to go. He'll have all of them there. Um, if you want my one, my one's Ray. Your, what's your one? Luke Skywalker, is it? Yep. Rui? Yeah. Yes, Luke. Um, you can buy either way, wherever you purchase them from. Uh, the money goes to whoever it is, to the whole, to the group, or to whoever it is that designed that particular pin, um, along with Zach as well. Um, but yeah, those are out. Go and get them. Get them for Christmas. There's a whole set. You can get the set. Um, I, I'm not sure what the prices are just yet, but yeah, just go on my Instagram, Zach Katz underscore design, Red Unit Inc, Cam, Insta Cam Illo, whoever's on, um, Matt Combs. First, we got created by Kieran. Kieran. Um, and the mental, with the heavy mental, art, heavy mental um, artist is uh, previously known as Blank. Blank canvas artist. It's Keith Stanley's, and is that everybody? That's... Oh, and the Lost Boys, obviously. We'll yeah. probably put a link up on the Lost Boys to, um, I'd say Zach's uh, thing for now. But yeah, get them, get them while they're hot. Uh, there's only, really, not very many. Hey, there's less than two hundred of each. I'm pretty sure. We don't have yeah, big there's units. No, there's not a lot. I think oh, about hundred, hundred and fifty of each. There's a lot in terms of pins releasing at once, but not a lot of. Stock, so get on it quick. Yes, get to them, guys. They, they'll go quick. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Uh, thank you for coming on again, Rui. This has been the creative process. My pleasure. Um, Merry Christmas and have a happy New Year. Yes, people. Merry Christmas. This is the official Christmas episode. Um, we'll have some Christmassy songs and stuff at the intro. But Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, this has been the last episode of 2019. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for coming on again, Rui. Um, I have been your host, Jordan Morpeth. This has been Making Lemonade. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, stay weird. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) (laughs) This is the way. This is the way.
Jingle bells, 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 jingle